Welcome to What's Your Beef? What's Your Beef is proudly supported by Suncorp Bank, helping local producers through the ups and downs since 1902. Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, welcome to What's Your Beef? I'm Jane Cudahy. You don't have to go too far to find someone passionate about beef. Most people know how to spot a quality product. Multi-generational businesses are usually a good place to start and if you've ever come across Robert Macca McKenzie, you've struck gold. The McKenzie grazing history started in 1884 when Robert's grandfather and auntie started raising cattle in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales. Robert, a fourth-generation grazier, is carrying on the legacy with his father Bruce and two sons, James and Jack. They sell a premium branded beef product, Maccas, born because of the family's dedication to quality from paddock to plate. But I feel like I'm telling all the story here and not leaving much for you. So welcome, Robert. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, I thought you were doing a great jo- you were doing a great job. So I'm happy if you just keep on going. No, no, I want to hear from you because I've had rave reviews about your level of dedication and passion for the industry. So I'm I'm very keen to hear from you. But I guess I love it when there is so much history behind passionate beef brands, though. So why did you want to carry the flag? What brought you back to the property once you finished your education? Oh, look, I suppose I had no choice. I felt like I had no choice. Look, I actually left school when I was 14. I just loved, um, you know, being outside and doing stuff. And, um, you know, I left school and, and, and went and worked with my father on, on the farm. But then also, I suppose I took a different path. I got into earth moving and, and transport and, and mining and, and all those all those other things. But my heart was always with with the land and the cattle and um in the afternoons and weekends, we'd be doing cattle work and fencing and, and um, et cetera. But it's probably been in the last 15 years where we've we've really focused on you know, growing our beef side of the of the operation. And together with my father and and myself and now my two boys, it's it's growing by strength by strength. So, at what point did you know that you had to do start doing things a bit differently and really consolidate all of those different avenues that you were doing? I suppose the time I really realised that we have to do it different is when in 2015, uh, February 2015, I, I jumped on a plane on my own and I went over to, uh, to Asia and just caught up with some people and met some people and, and had that, I suppose, desire to create a beef brand. And I left there knowing that we had the right passion and product and dedication. We just needed to pull it together and make it happen. So people want to know about a story. People want to know uh, that they're eating quality and uh, people like a bit of history. So we ticked quite a few boxes and it was just a matter of coming back and putting it together. So what did your business look like then? I feel like we're skipping ahead and I probably haven't really given the listeners a, like a, a good snapshot of your business. So you've got Black Angus cattle and I guess let's Let's talk about what it looked like at that point when you jumped on the on the plane. Oh, look, that point, we're running about a 1,000 breeders, uh, quality Angus cattle, and we've been very committed with our herd and the quality of our, our breeders. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, we were running a 1,000 cows over three properties and just mainly selling, or we were selling into some product into McDonald's and Woolworths, um, 
some on-farm sales, uh, local sale yards, etc. I think we're also hungry for something different. We were hungry to probably understand more where our product was going from. We were, I was sort of seeking a little bit more recognition than just putting them on the truck and never hearing anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that probably led to where we are now. Uh, we want to be more involved with the end user, whether they're buying, you know, premium uh, replacement heifers for their herd. We'd like to hear how they're going and get the reports or whether it's putting product into a, a branded box beef uh, product and, and moving it anywhere within Australia or overseas. So that's something that you know, I really wanted to bring to the table and so did the family. So when you say um, more recognition, is that is that like you wanted the feedback so you could improve, you know, your genetic decisions or you just really wanted to be involved from that paddock to plate, like you really do want to understand that whole production line? Look, I think that farmers put a lot of work and a lot of effort, a lot of love, a lot of sweat and a lot of tears into producing quality product. Like we're, we're all passionate, we're all dedicated. Um, and I think that when you close that door on that cattle truck and they, they drive out, you often think, I wonder who gets to benefit in my hard work or where do they go or what happens? And this has been something that I've wanted to know more about and also something that I'd like to bring to the table that more people could actually track and trace where their product end, ends up. So, um, but, but also the feedback, you know, how can we make the product better? What do we need to do to make it better? So what is our MSA grading like? What, uh, you know, how are our females, um, our replacement heifers going in your herd? Are you happy with them? Are they quiet enough? So it's, it's that whole package that we really want to deliver a high quality product to our consumer, whether they're a replacement, whether they're feeder steers or whether they're on your plate. Uh, and I think that that's something that you know, we're committed to strengthening the quality of our cattle to make our brand stronger and, and make the customer more happy. There's a lot that I want to sort of unpack that you just said, but I do want to, you know, go back to that first sort of trip to China. What was it like building a brand when you, obviously this was a passion project for you and you were prepared to sort of get in and do the the hands-on work early and by the sounds of it by yourself. So what was it like um, setting up those networks uh, on your own? Oh, look, it was a little bit daunting at first. Uh, No doubt. Disappointing, um, challenging, rewarding, exciting, um, and and fun. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's there's a few ups and downs there. I guess let's. What was the most disappointing? Like, was it just you were trying to set up things that didn't work, or what was disappointing? Oh, look, I think the most disappointing is when you think you have you have the right partner and um, it goes it goes pear-shaped. You know, that's disappointing. When you put trust in someone and they do the wrong thing by you, that's, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, so it made us stronger and more passionate and more dedicated. So that was something that was very disappointing. So what would you do differently now if you were getting on a plane to China? And why China out of all of the other markets that Australia has, has dealings with? 
Oh, look, I think a China, if you can crack China, you can crack anywhere. Um, so go big uh, first up. Yeah. You may as well go full steam ahead. Mm. Um, look, I, I on that trip into Asia, I went to seven or eight countries. I spent a month and travelled all around. And China had some – China were looking for what Australia produces at the time. Traceability, you know, they wanted – but a story, quality, product, um, you know, history, they really wanted what, what Australia was delivering, not just, not just Maccas. And I thought, well, that's, that's the, perfect, the perfect one. Uh, so that's where we put our focus on. And look, it was a great, it was a great journey. You know, we hosted Alibaba on our farm and they mm-hmm. spent a couple of days with us. We cooked for the Chinese Premier, Premier Lee in Chinatown. Um, you know, we've, I've been to China 14 times in, in five years and we've had some great, great, and we do have some great relationships with some great people over there, great companies and great people. And it's exciting and it's, um, it's great. It's a great culture. They're great people. And, uh, but they're, they're, you know, they're tough to deal with too, as, as anyone in the world. So, um, I suppose China was where I saw an opening for what the product that we were we wanted to produce was there, ready to go. Well, and so how has your business changed now, fifteen years down the track? What's what's in your everyday? Oh, look, our business has changed. We're very focused on on our on well, we always have been, but I suppose we put more emphasis on our quality and our. Uh, of our cattle, and we're harder on our on our females. Where our bull selection has changed, and um, you know, with with great help from Angus Australia with Bull Night, um, we've um, committed to our land and the environment. Mm. We're passionate about the quality of our cattle, obviously, and our product, and we. Um, our presentation has gone to another level. It's very important that everything is the same from the front gate all the way to the back gate. Mm. So our presentation is paramount, and I think it's great for staff morale. Yeah. It's great for for us as a as a family to see that you know we're 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 really looking after the whole the whole properties, and it's the presentation we can have anyone come. Mm. To our property, and and we often do. We've had you know, MLA, we've had the federal government, we've had the state government, we've had New South Wales DPI, we've had Metcash, Ecargo, Alibaba. We have all these people that we come because we're not showcasing when people come to our property so much Maccas. We're showcasing Australian beef, fresh, green, clean well-presented, healthy, quality animals. So if we're having those people come to our to our property, uh, I feel that, you know, we have an obligation to showcase Australia uh, in the best way possible, and that's what we like to do. We like to entertain, we like to meet people, and we like to showcase Australian beef and Australian Angus beef at its best. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have quite the social life as well, Maka. But um, how are you, like, what are your boys doing in the business? It's a multi-generational business and it's fairly dynamic and you've got a lot going on there. So what, what are your boys doing? 
Yeah, look, so um, I've got three kids. My daughter cuts my hair, so she's a hairdresser. Yeah, okay, good. Um, that is vital, good. vital service. Very, very good. Yeah, it is a vital service. <laughs> I always said to her, if you if you cut hair, you've got a job for life. And, um, yeah, she, she loves doing that. Good. Um, my oldest boy um, went to James. He went to Armadale to UNE, and he did a double degree, agriculture and business. And he... Um, he, he passed that extremely well. He comes back. His forte and passion is in that infrastructure work, that attention to detail, whether it's a gateway, whether it's, you know, him cutting a sign for a, for a gate or a paddock or, or an entryway on a, on a plasma cutter. So that, that comes in presentation when you were talking about that before. Yeah, it's a, yeah he, he's passionate about that presentation. He likes things to be very, you know, very neat, very tidy. He does a great job with that, very, very capable with his hands, can, you know, virtually build build anything. So James is uh, 26, 27. I hope he's not listening, but he's one of those ages. I know when he's born, <laughs> it goes away too quick. Then, um, and then Jack, diesel mechanic, uh, finished his time and come working for us, started doing some work in our workshop. We have a, have a pretty... Um, high-tech workshop where we build and make everything. So we spend a bit of time in the workshop, uh, drives drives one of the trucks, a bit of earth-moving equipment. Uh, he got his helicopter licence at Townsville in 2019. He probably spends a day a week flying a uh, flying a helicopter and he um, he's just bringing a new truck back for us from South Australia as we speak. I spoke to him before and he was at, um, I don't know, Broken Hill or somewhere like that, so he should be back tonight. <laughs> and he's really taking a a keen, I suppose, involvement in our in our quality of our herd. So, 2019, 20, and, and obviously 21, we've selected now uh, probably 200 of some of the top angus females around the around the country to develop a powerhouse uh angus stud female herd Mm -hmm. and 2021 is where we're going to start to um put more emphasis on breeding some of our own bulls for our own uh, for our own use Mm -hmm. and being able to put those quality females back into our commercial herd again to take our commercial herd to that highest level. So when people come to purchase quality replacement heifers for their herd, that they know that those heifers are maternal, they know that their heifer, the heifers will be, you know, create amazing, amazing uh, progeny, and just yeah, just just last a long time. So our really our focus is on creating a powerhouse commercial and. And, and stud herd to complement our uh, our brand and our story. And Angus, the Angus breed has traditionally been very good at data collection and, and those sort of EBV, but those sort of set points. And so that would really help what you're trying to do there too. What Angus Australia does for the Angus breed is just 10 out of 10. Uh, their commitment, their the posts and the information that they're currently putting out in on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, emails, 
Um, I am really, really proud of of being involved with Angus Australia and and um, and what they do for the for the industry. They are committed 100% to strengthening the quality of the Angus herd within Australia, and I'm proud to be a part of that. So hats off to to Angus Australia. We've had a conversation with various people on this podcast over the last um, 11 months or so that, you know, some of the breeds in Australia are starting to look more and more similar. Do you buy into that argument or if you don't, you know, what sets Angus apart? Yeah, well, look, I don't, you know, obviously they must be better cattlemen than me. I, <laughs> I, you know, I can still not have a go at them in any way. I'm just saying that I, I think there's still a lot of a lot of difference there. Um the reason I've stuck with Angus, I think that they produce kraken females that are, are very maternal. Uh, obviously, I want to try to take that to another level. Um, I think that the uh, those cattle on the coast do extremely well, and I can only talk about our environment. We run 3,500 commercial breeders on 13,500 acres, and they do well. They perform well. They 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 mar they marble well. They eat well. They taste well. But again, you know, Angus had done a really really good job in marketing the product, and we're reaping that reward. So hats off again to Angus Australia. We've you know you mentioned quite a few times during this discussion about the storytelling, and I guess marketing buys into that, but. Why is it such a big part of your business? You've got a really incredible website, so that obviously is a priority within your business. It's important because I'm passionate about it. It's important because I want to preserve the legacy of our forefathers. You know, started back in 1884 on the east coast of you know, New South Wales in you know, some of the best agricultural land around. You know, I want to tell that story. You know, I'm proud of... of you know, my grandfather and what he did and and my great aunties, you know, they they were pioneers swimming cattle across across um, uh, you know big saltwater lakes to get them onto islands to to get some you know some free for a free feed. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea. I love that that the aunties are part of that story too because back in those days, that's that wasn't the usual profession. Um, for, for women of that era? No, it wasn't. My two aunties, they didn't they didn't get married and they, they raised my grandfather. Oh, right. And my grandfather was a very uh, smart and intelligent man that wanted to be, um, he wanted to be a teacher. And um, unfortunately he went deaf and he couldn't become a teacher. So he then, um, I suppose, turned to, unfortunately he turned to alcohol and he, he struggled with alcohol, um, oh, no. so there's, there's you know some sad stories there too. So he struggled with alcohol most of his life because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't be the teacher that he wanted to be. But he, you know, he should realise well he had a, a terrific farm and he, he raised terrific cattle and and he produced you know you know four great kids and one of them is my father and and you know he knew how to work. But he wanted to be a teacher, and um, I think that he he, he was just he, unfortunately he was he was unhappy that he couldn't do what he wanted to do, and I can imagine that you know mm-hmm. someone really wants to do something and then they they can't do it. You know, back in that in that day, you didn't have a lot of choice. No, 
No, we're very lucky now, I guess, you know, and I guess there's always exceptions to that rule, but the, the choices, and I think the choices are more well known, um, yeah. and there are, pro- there are ways to fix deafness and that sort of yeah. thing. Oh, gosh, yeah, well, that sure. took a so bit I, of a so turn. So I, yeah. I haven't had a drink, I haven't had a drink for 26 years. Well, I'll take my hat off to you, that is incredible. So I guess I wanted to talk about a bit of your community involvement too, because Macca's is, as you've got a real commitment to not only to beef branding, but the, your overall local and further afield communities. Can you talk a little bit about that? We've probably always been someone that's just um, kept that probably a little bit more quiet. But I see in this, in this, well, I suppose lately, you know, you've you've got a. It doesn't hurt if you if you say if you say what you do, and you should be proud of of, of what you do, and. I think that stems back from, you know, my grandmother ran the phone exchange and post office, okay? Mm. So very community-orientated and minded. My father spent a long time in local politics and I remember, uh, you know, cutting turf on our own farm to build ovals and putting up mm. fences and, and, and all that sort of stuff grow, growing up. So it's it's in your blood giving back. Okay, and I I really like to give back as much as possible, but I don't always give back. We don't give back money, mm. and 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 everyone gives back in so many different ways. Okay, mm. some have more time, some have a little bit spare spare money. But look, we try to give back as much as possible. So let's just look at the last twelve months. I know when uh, COVID hit, uh, we made we we got a, um, a Thai restaurant to make 400 meals and we froze them mm. and we delivered them to the elderly and the Indigenous community. Oh, wow. Not thinking COVID was going to be here for, you know, as long as it was, but I think at first everyone was a bit worried. So I know that we um, we delivered meals to those elderly people and we put uh, messages out to try to find where the elderly were and I delivered some of those meals, not all of them, mm. and that was very, very rewarding. Um, we donated beef to the Reverend Bill Cruz Foundation in Sydney uh, to feed the homeless and I actually took the beef down there and helped them and, and that, was a, that, was, that was great, really rewarding. We donated beef jerky to the Royal New, uh, the sorry, the uh, New South Wales Ambulance Service. Gosh, you did the rounds, didn't you? Yeah, um, because I think everyone believed or knows that they they did a great job and uh, and do do a great job. So we did that. Mm. Um, I donated a lot of beef jerky to um, the. Hunter New England Mental Health Unit for Are You OK Day, so they could give a lot of that uh, out to their, to their, I suppose, customers or their clients, if you if you want to put it that way, and family and friends, and that was that was rewarding because I think uh, mental health is is challenging uh, for for a lot of people, and obviously a lot of farmers that came out of the drought and then come out of the fire and yep. flood and then COVID. Um, you know, that was, it was pretty tough. So obviously, you know, Hunter New England Mental Health may not directly service a lot of uh, regional and rural Australia, but there's still people that are in need. Uh, we did a bit of stuff with rural aid after that and built a driveway. Look, I could just keep yeah, on Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, no, you've I done well. 
that's enough. <laughs> so you're no, and I think you know that that's really remarkable for you know you, you're obviously quite a, a busy within your own business. So to realise the um, the value in giving back to communities is really special. So well done to all of you. Um, we're talking today because of Beef Twenty One. I take it we'll see you north of the border for the great event that it is. Is this? Have you been to to many beefs before? I've never been to uh, a beef event before. No, I haven't. Really? But I'm actually really looking forward to Beef 21, yes. Wow. So what are you going to do? Are you showing cattle or are you coming up in another capacity? I'm going to be there um, with Angus Australia. I'm going to give a, give a talk for Angus Australia, so that's mm-hmm. going to be great. But we're also – we've got a tent um, up in, in, in Beef um, 21, and the tent is we're going to showcase some traceability that we've developed. We've developed a traceability smart label with another company called AgLive to give 100% uh, providence to Australian beef. And it's working really well. So we're going to be up there showcasing that and um, meeting a few people and, and obviously up there assisting beef wherever I possibly can. Yeah, wow. Okay, well, it sounds like you'll have a busy week at the best of times. Now, you sound like you're a bit of a cook. Am I getting that right? You've said you you like entertaining and you've got plenty of visitors all the time. Oh, look, I like to have um, have people over and, and friends and whether it's go out or whether it's cook cook something. I wouldn't say I'm much of a cook, but I can <laughs> I can cook a I can cook a barbecue. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, because we've asked every person that's been a guest on this podcast what their favourite cut of beef is, and for a lot of people it is picking, like picking a favourite child. But um, I'm going to ask you a, a little bit different. When you've got, you know, uh, Alibaba turning up for dinner, what are you presenting? Well, when I had them turning up for dinner, I actually got a chef because I was too scared. Oh, my goodness, that's such a cop-out. <laughs> it was, but I, I, I've even got a sweat up now just remembering the event. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Um, oh, but yeah, surely, was, if was, someone comes out and they want to see like the the grassroots operation, you could do a barbecue, and that'd be half the authenticity of it. We actually did do a barbecue, but they were they were Fancy at my barbecue. place. For, yeah, they were at my place for two days, and they stayed mm. overnight. Mm. So it was. Um, yeah, the the dinner at my house, I had um, actually had my cousin come and because she's a chef and oh, she handy. She, yeah, she, she cooked. And then the next day we did a barbecue. So it was just, you know, it was a crack. Look, I always like to cook sausages. Um, I think they're, they're a true Australian. Delicacy. They're a delicacy. delicacy <laughs> if you want to say that. Delic- I was trying to think of the right word there, but That'll I usually do. throw some sausages on because especially if you've got someone from overseas, you know, sausages isn't as prominent in a lot of other countries. So I usually try to put some premium beef sausages on the, on the barbecue but look, you know, my favourite cut is obviously a T-bone steak. That's what I love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and my eight-year-old son are kindred spirits there. <laughs> you can't go past a good T-bone. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to leave it there. It's been a lovely chat with you today, Macca. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. No, look, I really appreciate it. And look, beef is actually for everyone, no matter what part of Australia you are in, no matter where you are. Uh, come along to beef because beef actually is is here for every beef beef producer right through the supply chain it's an australian event and we all should get behind it see you at beef see you at beef that sounds great thank you 
Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.